no matter where you are, the Bible says, think of this, what God says, that he always causes you and I to triumph because we are seated, joined together, one with, made after the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. He always causes us. And so when we come into the places of battle, stress, depression, whatever it might be, know this, you're not alone. God is with you, and be mindful that he's on your side. Praise God. Well, before we go any further, let's receive our tithe and offering, and here's Nicole to give us some information of how we can give tonight. Here's your reminder on how to give. There are three ways. Number one, you can give it through the mail. I call that snail mail because we know it takes a little bit longer than everything else, but I'm okay with that. Number two, you can give through our online website at obmcc.org slash give. That's an easy one. And number three, this happens to be, I think my favorite, it's text to give. So here's the deal, there's a little process to this the first time, but then it's easy. The person you're gonna text is 77977. Then in the message part, you're gonna put OBM Bakins, all lowercase letters. It's gonna send you a link. You're gonna click on that link, put all your information in, and then it's set up from here until infinity. The next time, all you have to do is text that number and put in your amount to give. I want to encourage you that through this time, even though we're online, the responsibility of the believer isn't gone for our tithes and our offerings. We still need to do that for our local church. But number two, why are we allowing the things of this world to affect the things of the kingdom? See, we don't operate the same way the world does. We use our faith and we believe in someone else who provides everything for us. Don't be afraid, church. Be hopeful because God is still on the throne and the kingdom's work must go on. Give this week. Hallelujah. Praise God. We do want to thank you so much for those of you that are tithers and givers. We just appreciate what you're doing and that the kingdom of God is still moving forward, though the world seems to be Stopped. It's just like not going anywhere, but God is involved in where we're at. Tonight, I want to speak to you. Uh, I'm going to do a series. It might take a month or two months, but it's going to be a series that on a subject that many of us might have kind of forgot. I'm going to talk about sickness and disease. I'm going to talk about healing because in the world that we live in, it seems that disease, sickness, and things of that nature that have to do with physical ailment has come to the point that all we lean on is the uh, medical science, the skills of men, which I believe that God has given us as a gift. I don't think that there is anything wrong with using doctors, using their wisdom and their skills at all. Jesus had a woman that had been to several physicians and she tried to get healed of her sickness, issue of blood, and it never helped. She got worse and worse. 
But Jesus never condemned her. He was still available to her. Now, maybe those things might have brought her to a hopeless state, and she might have said, there's no, nothing else to do but to trust or believe in God. Well, I don't know what founded her faith to launch out in her hopelessness and to touch the hem of his garment. I don't know. I do know that Luke was a historian, but he was also a physician. So we also understand that in Egypt, there was physicians taking care not only of the Egyptians, but many of the slaves that were being hurt, injured, and so forth, and that they, those medical practice, some still influence the world that we are in right now. But today, it seemed like sickness and disease is understood to be only physical, and therefore, even the church itself rationalizes that if it's physical, that it needs to be dealt on a physical level. Now, we understand that sin is a spiritual issue. It is rooted in man when he is born into its dominion and under its authority, and it can only be dealt with a spiritual power. It has to be dealt with spiritually. We would never send anybody to Walgreens or a CBS, CVS into a pharmacy to get a pill to remedy sin. Well, we would never do that. Well, but we do with other things that are born out of sin. So what I'm just trying to tell you is this, that we need to get mindful of where our problems are. We need to get mindful of the willingness of God to help man. And so I don't want to just think us to think that sickness is, uh, you know, just a physical thing, and so that's how we have to deal with it. We right now are embracing that there is faith in the Word of God to enable you and I to extract the promise of God to be touched and healed by a supernatural source. And so in view of the simplistic point of that sickness is physical, but it has its roots in sin. So the truth about anything that we're talking about, the truth about life, morality, the truth about responsibility, the, re the truth about sin, sickness, the reality of three spiritual worlds, which where we see in Matthew, the sixth chapter, let thy kingdom come and thy will be done. It unveils to us that there is a kingdom in heaven that we cannot see, yet it desires to be here in the physical world that you and I are a part of. Colossians 1.13 says that we have been lifted out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Again, there is the kingdom of the devil and there is the kingdom of God and there is the kingdom of the natural or where man lives. Now, that doesn't come 
from educational books. That comes from the truth. And so we, as Christians, don't look to other areas of truth or for under understanding. Not that education is not good. Education is good. But understand that it does not bring the truth about things that cannot be seen. Therefore, it can't change things that God desires to transform in our life. Now, sickness is in the world because of sin. We're going to go over to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and we're going to look at verse 1. And this doesn't cover everything, but we all get the gist that sickness and disease is coming to the world, and it's part of the curse. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. It is in uh, Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. And it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all of his commandments, which he commands thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come up on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now we understand here that God is telling us how to live life. He is giving us instruction. He's not trying to manipulate you. He's not trying to make you a puppet. He is offering you that says, I will come, and if you will hearken, if you have a choice, and every man and every woman has a choice to walk in different places of God's blessing. There is 20-fold, 100-fold, 60-fold, 80-fold, whatever you add or the weight of the truth that you find is what you are going to walk in. And so, here it tells us, if you be willing. Remember Isaiah 1, 18, 19, and 20, that if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. Do you know that there is healing in our land? Absolutely, there is healing in the land. And then over in Deuteronomy, uh, let's look at uh, verse 13 through 14 and 15. It says, and the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if thou hearken unto the commandment of the Lord your God, and serve and do them. And then it says, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods and to serve them. But if it shall come to pass that if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come up on thee and overtake thee. And then it has a whole list of curses. And in the curses is sickness and disease. It is not in blessing. 
It is in curses. Now, if God tells us that curses are there and that they have come because of disobedience or sin, then you and I must realize that sickness that is involved in the curse is a spiritual issue. If God is dealing with it, then understand its roots are spiritual. Now, sin, which gave birth or opened the door to the curse, was Satan's plan to rule man, and we find that in Hebrews 2.13. It was Satan's plan to rule man. When he comes to tempt Adam and Eve, he comes to tempt them to cause sin to come. Now, Satan knows all about the entry of sin, all about its penalty and its workings. He understands that when sin happens, something dies. There is a disconnection from a righteous God between sinful man because he has been kicked out of heaven. He understands that if you transgress, that you will be cast out of God's presence. And that's what death is. Death is a separation from life. And so Satan died. And when Adam and Eve followed his pattern, guess what? They died too. And that means that they were separated from God. And then in Hebrews 2, 13, it says this, And again, I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children which God hath given unto me. What's this? For so much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, dying, paying the ultimate cost for sin, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death or rule through, that is, the devil. And he delivered them that through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For he took on him, the, uh, not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him of the nature of the seed of Abraham. Thus we see that God, when Satan caused men to sin against God, that God removed man because that was the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. It is a separation from life as well as there is no access to life to those that are not born again or in the family of God. Now, I'm explaining a lot because it just has to be understood. And so when we don't have understanding, many times we just cannot hear the scriptures in their true aspect of what God is trying to say. And in Genesis, the third chapter and verse 13, and we're going to read about 11 verses, but it will help us understand. Genesis 3, 13, and it says, 
And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now we know that that was the only commandment that God gave besides tend to the garden. And then he said, And don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't know if it was an apple, a vegetable. I don't know if it was a cow hanging on the tree. I don't know. I just know this, that they were not to eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. That's all that God asked them to do. And it says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy... And thy conception in sorrow, thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened or sinned, because of the voice of thy wife, thou hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, thou saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. This is why the curse is here. You've transgressed. And it says, In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And in the, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, and dust thou shalt be, and from dust thou came, and dust thou shalt return. Notice that God said the ground is cursed. That's where we came from. He cursed the root of man's nature. And it says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve. I might have called her other things, but he called her Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skin and clothe them. In other words, right in the middle of their transgression and their sin, God uses a symbolism that God will do the work to cover our transgression. And then it says in verse 22, 23, 24, And the Lord said, Lord God said, Behold, the man has become one of us, to know good and evil and not. And now least he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden out of the realm of life to give the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove him, drove out the man, and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every man away to keep him away from the tree of life. So here we see that the ground 
that which man came from, that which was man which was made up of, was cursed because of his transgression. He died. He was put away from God. Isaiah 59.2, I believe, says that your transgressions and your sins have separated you from God. It wasn't God's idea. It was Satan's plan. Man fell for it. Thus, Jesus comes to destroy all the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? The works of the devil is, number one, sin. Number two, the curse. Because through sin, Satan gains supremacy, rule, authority, and power over man. Because man was never created to live under the realm of death. He was created to walk with God. And so, Satan, uh, Jesus comes to destroy his throne, the rule of man, over man, the authority over man, and the power over man. Now, he does that according to Mark, the 16th chapter, that in the name you shall cast out devils. Colossians 2.15, he has stripped the devil of all power. James 4, Ephesians 4 says we resist the devil and he flees and we give him no place. That means that when Jesus comes, he destroys the foundation of how Satan rules man. And so now the tables have turned. Satan does not rule man. Now Jesus has joined himself to man, and man is reconciled back unto God. Satan seeks many times to rebuild his throne of rule, authority, and power over man by taking advantage over the negligent, the slothful, the hearer and not doer, those that just walk through life thinking that things will happen and they apply their faith to nothing. Those that gain truth yet never walk in it. Satan can again rebuild the foundations of his kingdom back into their life. And if you look at Ephesians, the second chapter, now I know that you say, well, I thought we were going to talk about sickness. We are. And then it says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, And you hath he quickened or made alive, brought out of spiritual death, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Think about the course of this world, that we once were a part of it, now we're not a part of it, but Satan is still trying to get us to come back into his kingdom. And so we want to make sure that we don't get back into walking in and being active in the course of this world. In other words, don't think like the world. Don't be conformed. Don't be undone. 
Don't go back to how you were. Don't go back into the image that you lived in. Don't go back to the throne of his authority, his power, and his rule over your life. Stay away from it. Renew your mind and be transformed, not conformed. So anybody can get back to the place and the devil starts working on them and allow things to be conformed back into their mind. And then it says this, And according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also you had all of our conversations in times past, in the lust of our flesh, the uh, lust of our eyes, and of our mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So we understand that we could be drawn back into. Yes, we can. We can be drawn back into what the devil has done in our life. We have been brought forth, and the Bible says this in James 1.15. It says this. This is why I know that we can be brought back in under this rule after we have been freed from the power of Satan's rule, his authority, and his power. And it says, and then, well, let's look at verse 13. I'm sorry, James 1.13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot tempt any man with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust, and he is enticed, and then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death, or separation from God. And he's writing this to the church, not to the world, not to sinners. He's writing to the church, so it can happen again. Do not err, my beloved. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no veritableness, neither shadow of turning, and who through his own will begot us with the word of truth, and that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. Now think of this, that the devil is constantly working to draw us back. He wants us to get back involved in the course of this world. The course of this world gives place to the spirit of disobedience. The spirit of disobedience is simply the birthplace of sin. All transgression is, all transgression of the law is sin. And whoever creates it or whoever commits it are the ones that are going to be dominated and ruled by the devil. Now, the devil uses sickness. And he uses sin to separate man from their source of victory over sickness. Romans 6.14 says, Look, sin shall have no dominion over you. But then he warns us that whosoever you commit yourself to, that's whose servant you're going to be. That's why we are called to holiness. That's why we are called to purity. 
That's why we are called to obedience. God doesn't want Satan to have rule over us. So sickness comes by Satan's plan. And since it's a part of Satan's plan, then we have to understand that all sickness comes from Satan because he brought the temptation knowing the full outcome of that transgression. He'd already eaten of his own tree. And so Satan is using, is the author of all sin because he is the one that tempted man into transgression. So he authored it. If he had not authored the, trans, the temptation then and enticed him, sin never would have happened. But Satan had access and he had knowledge about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the mind, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He understood that. And so he used man's makeup to create a doorway called sin that he could rule man and cause man not to be blessed but cursed. And that's not God's plan. The Bible says in Acts the third chapter, verse 16, 17, 18, 19, that God came and sent Jesus and he turned us from our transgressions to bless us. And sickness is not a blessing. So God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to remove sin from man's life so that man could be reconciled unto God. He broke the barrier between God and man that Satan had built. He built it out of disobedience. And by destroying sin, Jesus came to destroy sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21, who, He who himself had never sinned, committed any sin, was delivered up to us for our sins, that he died in our place, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So sickness comes, and it's a part of Satan's plan. It was a part of his plan when he first enticed man to disobey God. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He who his own self bore our sins, our sins in his body, that we being dead, from uh, dead to sin, now we are separated from the kingdom of darkness, separated from the power for him to rule to have authority and to reign over us, where we have been separated from sin, now we are reconciled unto God. Just like we were separated because of sin and reconciled to the kingdom of darkness, now the tables have turned because of the great exchange of the righteous for the wicked, the holy for the unholy, and so that when Jesus turns the tables, now man is free from sin. We are dead to sin, and Satan 
has separated us from his kingdom. And guess what? We have been joined to the kingdom of God. Now, we talked about sin. We talked about Satan. We talked about sickness. There's so much in the Bible about these subjects. But we are going to begin to discover that healing is in our redemption. That's right. When God destroyed sin, he destroyed the barrier that separated us from God, and God joined himself back to us. We are reconciled unto God. We are joined with him. We are in his kingdom. And it's his kingdom is not filled with sickness and disease. The kingdom of darkness is. Praise God. So we'll take this up and uh, next week and we'll start talking and faith is going to build in you. Your faith is going to be built. Your faith is going to become strong. It's going to be rooted because God gave us a promise and Jesus enforced that promise. All things are possible to God. You may be limited as a man, but he's not limited as God. And all things are possible to him that will believe such declarations. God bless you. Praise God.